Hi everyone, my name is Amber. And I'm Kayla. And you just walked into a Best Buds book club meeting. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. What did you do this week? Mm, saw Batman. Okay. I also saw Batman. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I actually saw it last night again for the second time, and I fell asleep, like, at the most climactic part of the whole movie. Like, the part it's where... because it's a three-hour movie. Right. Well, I won't say, because I don't want to spoil it. But, yeah, I fell asleep for 20 minutes, because it was really late, and I was really tired. <laughs> and then I just... <laughs> and then I just... I just woke back up, and I was just into it again. When we saw it the first time, because you were sitting all the way in the back... Right. Brian literally fell asleep. Did he? He, he tries uh, to say that I, he doesn't fall asleep, and I'm I have sure to literally... Did check on him then after he falls asleep I have to check in every 10 to 15 minutes to make sure he's still awake and Robert Pattinson's very beautiful and I love him and now he's my wallpaper it was my, my birthday phone. Kayla uh. <laughs> what did we do for my fucking birthday we uh went to escape rooms and oh yeah we went to an escape room we... I love escape rooms yeah and we actually solved it we had like eight minutes to spare every minute counts yeah it does Brian hates when you use hints. He says it doesn't count, but I disagree. They it was hard. They give you three hints for a reason. Uh, would we have gotten in, no. like we wouldn't have solved it? Absolutely. It would have been done. We would have like not solved it and lost the game. I would like to try an escape room without using hints, but I just some of them are just really hard. Yeah, I, I don't think it was like I, I think it was complex because when they gave us the hints, it was like, what? You have to count backwards and stand on your hands and like it's just and and it's like you think that maybe having more people would make it like easier to solve but i right. feel like it just makes it much harder right there's just too many things going on right because the first time i ever did an escape room there were like one two three four at least six of us were yeah. you there um i think so the one on like international it was like antidote i think where we it there was like three rooms and the last room was kind of scary Yes, I was there. Right, so there was at least seven people. And then Brendan may have also been there. So I think there may have been eight people. And we didn't even make it. I don't even know that we came close. And yeah. I'm pretty sure we used all of our hints. And it was a nightmare. I, th I mean, honestly, that was probably the coolest escape room. I wish that I could do it again. But, like, not with eight people. Well, we should do it again. I, I, don't, don't, I, I don't recall at all. that We went there, like, years ago. I don't know... I don't know that they have the escape room that there's oh like, they like change them and stuff yeah like escape rooms will change them out every so often because oh. it's like once you've gone to every single one what are right. you supposed to do well, yeah they that makes total sense like you're not gonna go to an escape room right then you're just gonna go times. find a different escape company right that makes sense well anyway to our final thoughts so we just finished reading it ends with us by Colleen Hoover what did you think about the book overall I don't know. I think it's one of those books, again, that's overrated. Maybe I'm just very critical. Maybe. I almost felt like the writing style was really simple. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, I just because of timing and work and everything, I kind of had to listen to the audiobook. So maybe that's why it, it felt like that. But I mean, overall, I don't think it was bad. I, I felt f frustrated at a lot of parts of the book. How so? With everything going on between Ryle and and Lily and their relationship and how toxic everything was. Did you notice how often Ryle says Lily's name? 
No. He's just constantly saying her name. Oh, yeah. You know and what? Just, in the like, end, in the end, I did notice that. I was like, why is he saying her name? Just all the time, basically in every sentence. Did you get what I said when I told you that the back of the book basically gives away the plot? That doesn't happen until like at least halfway through the book. It kind of gave away that that Atlas, this guy from Lily's past, was going to be making a return. But it didn't really give me any information about how Lily and, and Ryle's relationship was going to turn up. I That kind of blindsided well, me. Well, no, yeah. I, I mean, I, it, didn't, it didn't spoil, like, the ending or anything. But right. I just felt like Atlas was introduced very early on, like, in the, the diaries that she wrote when she was younger. So right. his name was brought up very early on. And so I just feel like the back of the book where it says... Ask questions about her new relationship overwhelm her. So do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan, her first love. When Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. I just felt like that really spoiled it because Atlas doesn't actually show up until right. maybe a little bit sooner than halfway through the book. Yeah. And then when he does like appear, I mean, you know that from the beginning. And so it kind of like spoils that surprise when he actually shows up in the restaurant. Right. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I don't. Again, I don't like reading summaries, synopsis. I don't like usually reading things about books because I feel like it gives away major plot points that should be kind of like a surprise when you get to it. Because then it, then you get that like feeling that it's, oh, I, I figured that was going to happen, you know? Right. Amber doesn't even like watching movie trailers to stuff before we go see it. I'm, I'm the opposite. I like kind of having a preface of what it's going to be about all right so these last few weeks we've been reading it ends with us by colleen hoover which is a very very popular author right now on book talk and tiktok right i think she's actually in the process of writing another book i think it's about to be released very soon and there's actually people who are pre-ordering a book i i haven't seen people pre-order books since twilight 2008 yeah since people were like literally standing in line to get eclipse (laughs) Eclipse. (laughs) i remember i bought all my twilight books at target that's where you got the books that's where i got my books i got mine probably from barnes and noble or books a million no it's probably books a million that's where i used to go all the time yeah yeah and this book's like it's been trending it's like you said it's been all over tiktok Mm -hmm. all over instagram she's got loads of other books that people are are currently reading right now i think one of the one of the other popular books is ugly love and i think there's a newer book variety i could be lying when i say it's a newer book but i mean that's one that i've been seeing some people reading but it ends with us has definitely been the number one book that i have seen by colleen hoover it just seemed like a no-brainer like we have to read this one i have to know what it what you have to know what the hype is yeah i have to know what everyone's like so into this book for to be completely honest, I almost feel like it was kind of overhyped in a very small way. I love the the story. Like, don't get me wrong. I thought the story was great. Right. I mean, it's not. Like, it's not. No, <laughs> Fundamentally, it's not, yeah, it's not great. Right. But I thought that she did a really good job with telling this type of story. And she does actually say in the end of the book, like, this isn't the experience of everybody. I mean, it's no secret. This book is about domestic violence right uh, relationship abuse quick disclaimer the following podcast does contain talks of domestic violence and suicide 
So she says in the end of the book that she understands that this isn't everybody's story, that this isn't how it always goes, that it doesn't always end up, you know, sort of like a happy ending. Maybe that's what kind of drew people to it, is that it was very plainly laid out and you were reading it like you were reading like a a love story and then all of a sudden... All of a sudden, it turns dark. All of a sudden. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I did say I felt like it was a little simple because I'm used to reading more complex books. But I do think that Colleen Hoover did a really great job of laying out a beautiful but difficult story. Um, And like you said, she talks about how this story is very close and very personal to her. She kind of mirrored it off of the relationship between her mom and her dad when she was growing up. And it's nice to kind of read a, a book that is, it's fiction, because obviously none of these characters are necessarily real, even though they're based on real people. But you don't always read books that don't have happy endings, because kind of like a movie, mm-hmm. you want to watch a movie and you want to get to that ending and feel good about it. And although at the end of this book, you hopefully do feel good about the decisions that Lily makes for herself. I was literally thinking yesterday to myself how movies typically end with happy endings, but books are just like wild cards. Like it just, it does not matter. Yeah. Like it just, you know, and it's not a bad thing that it ends kind of like, oh, I wish it didn't happen that way because I think that's actually a good thing. Right. Because if she makes you feel so much throughout this entire book like you're so close to these people like you almost feel like you are lily at some points and you get to the end and you're like dang i really wish i could go back and just change the whole plot line and she literally says that she thought at moments while writing this book that she wishes that she could just change the plot line because it was getting to a point where she was kind of like it was heavy. It was heavy. Like she was really loving these characters and she's like, no, I don't I don't want it to be like that. But I, ha- I have to. I right. have to tell this story because I sense that she's the type of author who wants to tell a story but have it mean something. Right. right. It's, because it's not it's not sci fi. It's not fantasy. It's nonfiction, but it's definitely something that could happen. This book reminded me of The Maid. Remember that show that I was watching on Netflix briefly? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yes. Okay. You have to see it. It's it's just like, these are just such mundane things. It's not like anything like amazing's happening. Right. Nothing like right. Marvel movies. There's like destruction and aliens coming. Like nothing <laughs> like that's happening. It's right. just very real things that could be happening to anybody. Right. And actually Brian was like, why do you read books that make you sad? And I'm like, Books are supposed to kind of be like escapes from like right, reality. And, that, and that's what and Brian so to read says. A, read a book that's very realistic about a situation that could totally happen to anyone. It's like you'll never really know how it's like for those people unless you really live that story. Right. Does that make sense now? Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So that's why like when I watched Made, like it's I, I, I don't have that experience and I probably I hopefully will never have that experience you get immersed into this re- alternate reality that maybe will never be a reality I know it's weird but my favorite movie is Keith 
with Jesse McCartney, and it's a very sad movie. I've never seen it. I know. I thought I, your favorite movie was What's Eating Well, Paper yes. Cape. No, my favorite movie is Parent Trap. Get it right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Parent <laughs> Trap, but. And then probably followed very closely by Keith and What's Eating Gilbert Grape. And you've seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape, right? Yes, I have, because okay. you made me watch it, and it was pretty good. And it's also sad. It is sad. Parent Trap's not too sad. Because sometimes it's, it's not a bad thing to feel sad. You can't just live your life on uppers all day, every day. <laughs> okay, so the the book starts with Lily, um, who is living in Boston, and she finds herself on the rooftop of a nearby building. She doesn't actually live in this building. And she's up there thinking because she actually just, just got back from Maine, which is her hometown, um, where she gave a eulogy for her father. Suddenly, someone comes up on the roof and is very angry, and it turns out that this is Ryle Kincaid. He's not a full-blown neurosurgeon yet, but he's finishing his rotations, and they kind of have this chemistry from the very beginning, and as they start to interact, it becomes very clear that Ryle is a carefree sort of guy who's not into relationships, and Lily is looking for a relationship like she's looking for stability she doesn't do one night stands she flat out tells him i don't do one night stands and he's like oh well that's all i do and she's like okay well <laughs> this Bye. isn't gonna happen they start to reveal other things to each other which is kind of strange because they're literally strangers like they've never met before right and they start opening up to each other with what lily calls naked truths one of ryle's naked truths is that he wants to fuck Lily. And Lily's like, mm, not going to happen. I'm like a drug. Once you have me, you can't get rid of me. And one of her naked truths is that she lost her virginity to a homeless guy. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts when I read <laughs> this uh, this first chapter here. Because I'm like, who the heck are these characters? Mm -hmm. Why are they just so open to each other? Like, and why I guess is his maybe, name Ryle? I guess, right. Why is his name Ryle? <laughs> I guess sometimes you meet people in life that you just feel really comfortable with. And so I'm assuming that this is kind of how they felt in this scenario. You could tell that these two kind of like have really good chemistry starting off. They do. And I feel like it has to do with their personalities because they're both very bold, confident, and just willing to say what they're thinking. Right. Which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> we'll just have to see. Um, and another thing that Lily opens up to Ryle is that her full name is Lily Blossom Bloom and she loves to garden and one of her dreams is to open up a flower shop called Lily's Bloom. But just when it seems like they're starting to get like frisky with each other, Ryle gets a phone call and he's whisked away and they part ways and Lily goes home and I guess their conversation inspired her to look back at her old diaries what Lily starts to do is go through old diaries that she's kept. Um, it's kind of funny. I I know that I had a diary when I was young, but I kind of just would like address it to the diary, like, hey, dear diary. But what Lily does that's kind of different is she addresses all of her diary posts to Ellen DeGeneres because she used to watch her show when she'd come home from school. So I guess she just really loves her and felt like this super strong connection with her. From the journal entries, what we learn is that Lily's home life was not great. Um, she grew up with a very abusive father who was really nasty and abusive to her mom. 
and her mom was unfortunately like so many who deal with these difficult situations one that kind of would forgive and try to forget to keep hold of the relationship and excuse his actions exactly and excuse his actions lie and pretend that nothing was happening and everything was fine lily makes a point to to say right he doesn't hurt me correct he's only he only hurts my mom and she actually says that whenever she's around it seems like her dad's kinder so whenever they're fighting she tends to put herself in the middle of it to try to stop the arguments I know from experience, not not that my parents were abusive to each other, but I know from experience that when my parents would fight, like if I showed up in the middle of their fights, that it typically would diffuse very quickly. Right. So I can see like as a child, you know, wanting to be that savior, wanting to stop it kind of becomes like your job. And it, it did become her job. She felt like it was her job, right, to, to save her mom because her mom was a, a weak person who couldn't just leave her dad. That's how she viewed it. She kind of had mixed feelings about her. She didn't really care for her dad too much because of everything that was going on. And she always kind of like f- was upset with her mom in a way because she thought that her mom should be stronger and, and be able mm-hmm. to easily walk away from the situation that she's in. Like, hey, if dad's abusing you, then like leave. Don't stay with him. Um, But, of course, as we kind of get deeper into the book, we learn that situations can be deceiving and you don't really know how a person feels until you're in a similar situation. While all of this is kind of going on with her home life, she finds out that there is a boy, Atlas Corgan, living in the abandoned house behind her house. He's 18 years old and he actually goes to the same high school as Lily, so he rides the same bus and everything. At first, she's kind of like hesitant with him because she's not really understanding why he's staying in this house but she knows that something's going on because he's coming to school every day with the same clothes he looks like he's not showering he's very skinny so he's probably not eating much Um, and she befriends him because she sees this person in need and she just she really has this giving personality and, and she knows that she wants to do something to help him eventually though it does get to a point where she finds out that he was kicked out um due to a bad living situation with his mom and his stepdad and he doesn't really have anywhere else to go he doesn't have any family there in maine that he can turn to and people at school say he smells yeah that was so so sad sad. i know like hey you don't know what people are going through right they're so nasty to him right they're so nasty they talk they say bad things about him on the bus that Lily overhears, which mm-hmm. upsets her because she ends up kind of learning about his situation and, and learns why he's living in this well, abandoned she starts, house. She starts to take care of him. Exactly. So she starts to, because it's, I, I'm assuming it's probably very close to the beginning of winter because as her diaries go on, she starts to bring him some things. She's like bringing him like food. Blankets, and blankets clothes, and, water. Right. He doesn't have anything. He's living in this abandoned house that has no electricity, no electricity. He just he has nothing. And here is Lily, who doesn't even come from, you know, she doesn't have a great life either, but she's trying to do everything and and anything she can to help this this guy because she just really feels for him. So she starts inviting him to the house to have snacks with her after school. I thought that was so cute. It was really like she's only like she's 15. Like, I feel like that's like not 
that young but i feel like she just has this like very young mentality like let's have some like cookies and milk after school and watch some ellen <laughs> and watch ellen yeah <laughs> and she starts letting him shower at her at her house because mm-hmm. you know p- kids at school are being mean and commenting that he stinks lily actually says in her diaries that she's never had friends over at the house probably because her mom's afraid that something might happen between her and her dad while her friends are there right and then also lily wasn't allowed to go to other people's houses probably because her dad didn't want her to know what a healthy relationship was like between parents right but anyway as lily is reading her diary she does get a phone call from her mom and her mom's like i'm thinking about moving to boston and lily wasn't really having that at first and when we fast forward six months, we do find out that her mom does end up moving there. And I think even though Lily says that she really didn't want her mom to move there, I do think that she grew to enjoy her mother's company, especially as she started to grow as a person and experience more things and in her relationship. But we'll get to that in just a minute. The good news is, is six months later, Lily did get to finally open up her flower shop. She finally quits her job. She signs the lease for this place it's very dusty it used to be a restaurant there's a lot of different things in there and while there a girl walks by and comes in and says hey are you hiring and it turns out this girl's name is Alyssa. and Alyssa just so happens to be ryle's sister although lily didn't know it at the time when she hired Alyssa, Alyssa was ryle's sister while lily and Alyssa are getting the place ready an incident happens where lily gets hurt so Alyssa calls her brother and her husband which are just down the street and they come to try to help and this is where lily first finds out that ryle is Alyssa's brother right she acted like she didn't know him because i can see that like how do you explain to this girl that you just hired that you kind of had like a a moment with her brother six months ago like what is that Right. How do you explain that? Oh, hey, by the way, I know this guy, your brother. Yeah, me and him met on a rooftop when he thought I was about to jump off. And uh, he was really upset because something happened at work. And he kind of like got on top of me and like nothing happened. Right, right. (laughs) But he told me he wanted to have sex with me. So, I mean, yeah. Right. Welcome to my flower shop. Well, it's actually really funny because while he's like helping her because i think she sprained her ankle or something like that yeah while he's like wrapping her leg up and Alyssa goes like somewhere else for a minute and she comes back into the room just as riles telling lily i still want to fuck you and Alyssa's just like i was like that is so what the heck are you doing like i'm so sorry my brother is like and lily's like no no no, it's okay like it's good that you know he's open it's good like it's good to be open sometimes <laughs> and i'm like no Lily. yeah what the heck people aren't open about that like so it's pretty obvious at this point that there's now going to be a lot of rile because Alyssa is working for lily it's a very short relationship at this point but she's like Alyssa's going to be my best friend like they're just they have chemistry which is funny because it's like, is it a family thing? Like, is it genetic? <laughs> Not right. That they Kincaids just have chemistry. are just like super nice, super friendly, just like charismatic. I feel like it, it's it's really crazy that these people kind of just fell into her lap, mm-hmm. and they end up being like, well, at least Alyssa ends up being like a really great human. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Well, actually, that's one of the things that Ryle said is that there's no bad people; it's just people that do bad things. Right. And I think that makes a lot of sense because it ends up being that that's who he is. He's not a bad person. He's just he's he does bad things sometimes. But we'll get to that. 
So as like time goes by, Lily and Ryle have their little meetings here and there and their attraction to each other just literally increases. Like they're just they're like flirtation spans over months, but like somehow it just works. After their second official meeting, when she sprained her leg, he remembers from their first interaction that she said that she lived in a certain building that they could see from the rooftop. Right. She pointed it out, but he, she didn't tell him what room. And so he literally went to that building and knocked on 29 doors before he found her. Seems a little sketchy. Right. Just to literally say, please, I've literally been thinking about you and like, I need to just get my fix. Please have sex with me. She made it clear to him in the beginning, like, I'm not into that. When he shows up and he and he starts begging her, like, please, like, I have the most important exam and all I can ever do is think about you. It's just like, come on. Boy, stop. Stop. Enough. I, I thought the toxic behavior started there. That's like literally when that started happening. I know that we sort of get into it and I don't know about you, but you start to like him. Right. He starts to be I liked him so much. Yeah, I I still like him to I the know. very end. I still like him. But like, dang it. you start to like really feel him and you're like oh he's not a bad guy like he's really good like he's really trying to be a different person for lily and but this just this is like this is honestly like my first impression of him the fact that he like shows up after searching for her just to beg her to have sex with him after she said no that seems a little tox yeah i didn't even when i i'll say when i was reading because we kind of see really Mm -hmm. the toxicity start like day one when he's like beating up that chair because he's frustrated right. about what we learn is what what happens at work. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really think about it then. And and the whole knocking on the doors, I thought it was weird. But like <laughs> my rom-com brain was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like he really just wanted to talk right. to her. So he just like knocked on every single door. I, I didn't even view that as toxic yet. Like it went. So when I found out, who Ryle really is and and the bad things that he ends up doing, I was, like, thrown for a loop. I was like, what? It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Author did a good job setting that up because she got me. She got me real good. Yeah, she made you you not think about, like, the toxic traits until it really became, like, a thing. Right. And it's like, oh, oh, well, the red flags were there from the very beginning. How did we not see that? Right. And and Lily says that herself. Like, Mm -hmm. she should have known that he had this, like – kind of darkness lurking because she saw it like actually saw it and witnessed it before he even knew that she was there with him beating up on this chair right it's crazy so he eventually breaks lily and she's like yeah you know what I'll, i'll do it but i'm warning you again like once you have sex with me like i'm like a drug you know you you're you can't just have me one time but like you have to think because even even in their first interaction, I, she was thinking about it. Yeah, for sure. She was certainly thinking about it. She was like, "Ooh, I I could like this is this sounds really like not my thing, but like I mean, he's like but, really hot, right? And he's a <laughs> neurosurgeon. I mean, come on. I don't know. I mean, she wasn't forced to do anything that she didn't want to, but I think just kind of like the begging just seems really toxic, but. It, whatever your kink is, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no shaming here. On no this podcast. shame. I think, I think she liked the begging. I think she really like when he started begging. I think she was just like, mm, I mean, imagine nice. someone's like begging. They're like desperate to be. Yeah, with what you? can that do uh, for I your confidence? Right, that has to boost you up a, a couple points. So she agrees, 
And then she's like, but I need to get ready. Like, I need to go shower and things. And then she comes out and he's fast asleep in her bed. So she just falls asleep next to him. They wake up the next morning. Obviously, they didn't do anything because your boy was so tired. I think he did like, he said that he had like a 48 48 hour hour shift. shift, Yeah. Oh, my God. That's insane. And he just keeps telling her, like, I'm so sorry. Like, am I not the worst person ever? And he's like, I I won't bother you again. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, you won't see me again. Lily's like, okay, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Have a nice life, Ryle. She literally says, have a nice life. And she kind of like starts telling herself, like, it's a good thing that this didn't happen because like I have my own things to worry about. Like, I don't need to be worrying about this guy. Right. Almost two months later, she then runs into Ryle again. And so it's not the grand opening. It's kind of just like the trial run so that they can make sure that they have everything together for their grand opening. And Ryle comes in and he's like, I would like to buy some flowers. And he writes out the note and he's like, I want them delivered. He writes the note and he leaves. And Alyssa looks at the note and she's like, what an idiot. He put the address of the flower shop and all he put on it was make it stop. What does that even mean? Like, Uh, I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Right. And and Lily knows like, oh, okay, that's definitely for me. Right. It just so happens that the flowers that he bought her were Lily's. And she's like super giddy about it. She's trying to be the stoic person that just like, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Like, but she really cares. I think when I started to notice his like kind of toxic personality, when he started to do all the begging, Mm. I think that's (laughs) crazy that you're telling her to make it stop as if she's doing something to you, you know, like as if she's like physically implanting herself in your brain like if you're thinking about her because you're interested in her then that's really all on you it's not like she's going out of her way at any point to kind of flaunt herself in front of him because as we see in the book there's there's several periods of time where they aren't even talking to each other Mm -hmm. they're not seeing each other and he still has her on his mind. So right. it didn't sit right with me when he kind of started doing that. Well, it makes me think, like, what is it, like, about her that's making him just so, like, crazy for her? Right. It's probably her great personality. Like, he can't stop thinking about her great personality. <laughs> right. <laughs> her wonderful personality. I her mean, yeah. I, pretty hair. Right. So the book does, like, a lot of time skipping. For example, between the first time that they met and the second time that they met, six months went by. So we don't really know what's happening in either of their lives during that time. Right. And then from that time to the next time that they meet again has been two months from when Lily gets the flowers from Ryle. She goes to Alyssa's birthday party and we learn that Alyssa is so rich. I don't even know if there's like an adjective for how rich the birthday party that Alyssa is throwing for herself. I don't know if she's throwing it for herself, but the birthday party that Alyssa is throwing is at her apartment, which is the same apartment that Lily met Ryle at on the roof. And Alyssa and her husband have an entire floor just for themselves. That's how rich they are. Right. And there's so many people at this party. And initially, Lily didn't want to go, but she decides to go. And she brings Devin, which is a gay co-worker that she worked with previously at her old job before she quit. And she even says that they're not super close. But Devin gets the sense that Lily is like nervous because she's nervous of seeing somebody. So she opens up and she's like, yes, it's this guy named Ryle. And he's like, you're into him. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, you're into him. And she's like, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he kind of takes on this boyfriend role. He's like, all right, we're going to make him jealous. So they go through the party and Lily's 
you know, kind of like eyeing around, like, is he here? Lily decides that she wants to leave. As Lily and Devin are about to leave, Ryle yells through the crowd and calls for Lily. And he comes over and he's like, hey, Devin, I need to borrow Lily for the night. And he scoops her up and Devin's like, okay. Ryle brings her into his room because he's actually living with his sister because this is where he's doing his residency. I don't think he's really like committed to this place. Right. And he brings her into his room and he's like, how can I prove myself to you? Like, I'm not one for relationships, but like you make me want to be in one. How can I prove myself to you? And she's like, don't have sex with me. He's like, okay, okay. I won't right, have sex with you. Let's go to CP's. All right, let's just, and then, and then he starts to undress her and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, girl, we're going to bed. I, I thought this part was funny because they didn't really say like what time of night it was. Right. So if they're like at a party that's in full swing. Is this like I, eight o'clock? Right. I was thinking it was like eight o'clock and he's like, let's go to bed. And she's like, what the heck? And she's like, OK, we'll go to bed. And I that's exactly what I pictured it. And I thought that was so funny. You know, what's also funny is that at this point, this is also when Lily realizes just how rich Alyssa is. Like, I don't know that she actually knew that Alyssa was rich up until this point because she's been paying Alyssa $10 an hour. And she literally says to Ryle, what the heck is your sister doing with my $10 an hour? Like, she's so rich. Like, is she wiping her ass with the money I give her? <laughs> and he's like, she's probably not even cashing those. Yeah. Checks. Like, because right. yeah, she's very rich and she has people for everything. When Lily wakes up and goes into the kitchen and I thought this was really bold of her. Like, she just has no shame. Like, I feel like I would be, like, embarrassed. Like, this is a girl that you work with. You're walking out to her kitchen to make yourself some coffee. In her brother's clothes. In her brother's <laughs> clothes. And uh, you don't have any shame. Good for you. Yeah, you go, girl. You go, girl. There's no such thing as a walk of shame. Right. You get Especially your when you're not walking home. This is kind of where Lily comes clean about actually knowing Ryle before she actually met Alyssa that they had a moment and she's like what does that mean you guys have like a one night stand she's like no 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 no. we just had like a moment like six months ago it's no big deal and like we didn't do anything and Alyssa's like just be careful because like you know I love my brother but and then Ryle comes in and he's like but what and she's like and Alyssa's frank too she's like but you're not good at relationships and I I'm as a friend to Lily, I'm just warning her as a friend would do. And it kind of bothers Ryle, but I don't think he really holds it. You know, he doesn't really hold a grudge. You know, it's his sister. Yeah. He seems really close with his sister. But he has to go to work, so he tells her, like, you know, I'm going to have, like, a very busy couple of days, but I'm definitely going to reach out to you by Friday. And it's, like, Saturday. Right? So he's, like, telling her, like, I want to have, like, a relationship with you, but, like, we're not going to see each other again until, like, Friday. Yeah. So, and I think Lily is okay with that because she realizes that he's a neurosurgeon. He's a successful guy. You know, he's working on his himself. And, you know, she has her own thing, too. Right. She's also very independent. So right. she feels like it's good for them to have space either way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she doesn't necessarily, like, probably get bothered the way a normal woman or girl would in a relationship not hearing or seeing her mm -hmm. partner for a week essentially so lily has a roommate and comes to her and is like hey my boyfriend proposed to me like you know we kind of want to live together and she's like okay go <laughs> so lily is like excited because she's about to have her own apartment and she's starting a relationship she's got a new business like things are looking really up for her 
Right. But for some reason, she wants to bring it all down by looking back into her old diaries from when she was 15 years old, which aren't necessarily the happiest. Right. But the entries that she starts reading pick up where the last ones left off. And this is about a few weeks after they initially met. And she's out in her garden and Atlas is helping her. Atlas says, we're just alike. And Lily's like, who, me and you? And he's like, no, plants and humans. Plants need to be loved in the right way in order to survive. And so do humans. We rely on our parents from birth to love us enough to keep us alive. And man, is that not just the most opposite thing that's happening to Atlas right now? Like, And so Lily points out an oak tree in the yard and tells Atlas this tree grew on its own. Most plants need a lot of care to survive, but some things like trees are strong enough to do it by themselves and they don't need anybody else to rely on. And I'm sure that probably definitely boosted his confidence a little bit because I'm sure from getting kicked out by the person that's supposed to love you unconditionally, I'm sure that he's not feeling too great right now. And then again, Lily lets Atlas come into the house so that he can shower after they've been digging in the yard and... He has to go home. So she's risking a lot by having him in the house when she does because, I mean. Before the parents come home. Right. She she usually tries to keep it in between times when she knows her family's not home because, I mean, they could find out that he's there. Mm -hmm. It just, it could blow up the whole situation. And she doesn't obviously want that to happen to Atlas because he's just doing the best that he can with what he has, which is essentially nothing besides her right um and then there was another entry that she talked about her dad actually abusing her to the point where she actually needed to go to the hospital and on the way to the hospital her mom's like remember to tell them that it was an accident and when atlas sees this wound at one point she's like oh no no, it was just an accident he goes i have a lot of accidents too and he shows her some of his scars And so he knows. He knows this was something that her dad did. And he gets kind of upset and frustrated. Like he wants to go over there and do something. And Lily's like, no, you can't. Please, please don't. So over time, their friendship starts to grow. And eventually she develops feelings for him. It ends up turning into kind of like a relationship between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And also around this time, it's getting like really cold and... She keeps forgetting to give him extra blankets. So she decides because it's getting so cold, she's going to go over there for the first time that she's ever done this and bring him blankets. At one point, he had to hastily leave the house because her dad got home, I think, early or something like that. And she goes over there and she notices, like you said before, that there's a hole in the roof and it's so much colder in the house than it is outside. And he's got this tiny little area in the corner with his his school backpack, the tiny backpack that she gave him. And like you said, the little tiny towel. She's like, you can't stay like this. Like, please come, come to my house. I'll let you sleep in my room and you can be out before morning. He's like, I can't do that. Like, you're going to get in so much trouble. She's like, please do it. And he's like, well, you don't have to ask me twice. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to stay here with my, my one towel and freeze. Right. It's so sad. But he, he is a really, he's a very, I don't know if humble is the right word. He's a very like. He doesn't complain about his situation right. at all. Like he doesn't sit there and say oh my life sucks so much i hate that i'm going through this he he keeps everything really positive Mm -hmm. um which is nice because which isn't uncommon for people who are depressed people who are depressed and who are going through tough times tend to be the people who outwardly show themselves as being really happy 
at one point he brings Lily a gift which is basically just rusty gardening tools because he notices that she likes to garden so she lets him come into her room she locks her door and she lets him sleep on the floor she makes him a little area to do that and this is also when he actually reveals why he's homeless and he goes into detail about his mom and his stepdad and you know he's living with a friend who ended up moving away and Lily's really upset she's like well can't you get help from the government and he's like I tried <laughs> it's not easy when you have literally absolutely nothing Chip and then back to the Ryle saga they've got their like thing going on right there a little trial run it comes to a point where he gets off work comes to her house and they basically just do it like it really didn't last that long the fact that she's like okay well if you want to prove it to me then like don't have sex with me but like one week later our very next interaction like we're gonna do it right (laughs) i mean listen she's been holding out for what Mm -hmm. like almost a year they met six months then two months Mm -hmm. now like so it's i mean it's been some time it's building up so right It's it's at least like eight or nine months at this point right it's a long time. It's a really good thing that Alyssa knows about her and Ryle because Ryle is not a subtle guy. He said that he's not into relationships, but he definitely goes zero to 60 real quick. Like he's just like ready to make this known. And then he starts sending her flowers and he's like, I need my next fix. Like, like, like she's a drug. They connect very well. They have good chemistry. So it mm-hmm. does. it's not a shock that he'd want his next fix, which is like really gross way to describe it, I guess. <laughs> Well, I mean, if they're into that, then that's their thing. Right. If if he's just like harassing her and he's like, I need my next fix, babe. And she's like not into it. Then, yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be creepy. But she's definitely into it. Like she's definitely into his scrubs. Like anytime she, he's in scrubs, she's like, oh, scrubs, 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 scrubs. <laughs> so, like I said, he's zero to 60 because He's like, when can I get my next fix? And she's like, well, I have dinner tonight with my mom. He's like, oh, great. Can I come? And she's like, you want to meet my mom? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. I thought that was wild. How are you on a trial run? But right. you like want to go to dinner with her mom. It's been one week. <sighs> right. That's it's crazy. Been, I think it's been one week. Am I wrong? I'm pretty sure it's been one week. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've known each Even other for a like long two time. Weeks, now. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But again it just they haven't really they have not really known each other what they know of each other is really from the first night and then their brief little flirtatious interactions between it so their eight month you know of knowing each other isn't really of knowing each other it's just knowing of each other right right so the fact that he's like yeah sure i'm up let's go see your mom so they go to this like really nice restaurant and it's called bibs bibs right when he introduces himself She's like, what is he going to introduce himself as? My trial run? But he ends up being like super nonchalant. And he's like, yeah, I'm Alyssa's brother. And it seems like Lily's mom already knows Alyssa. So she's kind of like, oh, okay, that's cool. This becomes like a pivotal part because while everything's going so great. Their waiter comes up. Their waiter, yeah. Their waiter comes up and it's literally none other than... Dun, 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 dun. Atlas. <laughs> and so she's seeing him for the first time in literally eight eight years. Mm-hmm. He takes their like drinks to the table, runs off, and then a new waiter appears and she's like, Did I just imagine that happening? So Lily then decides like she needs to get up and like regroup herself and she 
heads toward the bathroom and then she runs into Atlas again. And it's actually been nine years, I think, I, I saw here. It's been nine years since she's last seen him. And he's been in the military, he tells her, for the last eight years. And he looks really good. Like, Lily, <laughs> Lily likes what she sees. And she tells him that she now lives here in Boston and she has her own little flower shop. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll look you up sometime. And then that was it. They went their separate ways and then Lily went back to her dinner. Ryle and her mom are raving. They're like, this place is so great. Ryle's like, I need to bring my sister here. She's going to love this place. And Lily's like, eh, it wasn't that good. Right, because she's she's trying to kind of deter them from ever going back there because now she knows that Atlas is a a waiter there and she's just starting up this new relationship with Ryle. That would probably be the worst timing to have this guy that she was in love with in her past that she kind of from what we learned from her journal entries, she's not really over mm-hmm. appear again. So she's like, no, this place wasn't that good. We probably shouldn't come back. Right. So she ends up um, leaving with Ryle. He takes Nuber home. So she's kind of like getting to her car and then Atlas appears. He must have followed her out of the restaurant to talk to her. Creep. No, I'm just kidding. No. I mean, imagine seeing someone that you, like, loved you haven't seen in eight years. He's, well, like, yeah, probably and- desperate to talk to her from the moment he saw her. So he, like, confronts her and he's like, oh, like, what's going on here? Like, is this a thing? She's like, yeah, like, I'd known him for, like, a year. Which she's like, I kind of implied that we've been dating for a year. And right. she's like, I don't know why I said that because I've only been dating him for, like, a couple of weeks like uh, yeah literally a handful of weeks and atlas is like oh oh cool yeah like me too yeah like yeah, I, have I have a girlfriend, a girlfriend and we've been together for cassie. a year cassie she's mm-hmm. so good yeah and then right before he leaves he like drops this truth bomb on her and he's like oh i kind of wish that this meeting between you and i had happened a year ago as if to say Uh, I wish I wasn't in this relationship with Cassie and you weren't in this relationship Mm -hmm. with your boyfriend. And like, I don't know, we could like mm, be together or something. Feels like every time something's good happening, something Mm -hmm. like just has to shake it up, throw throw off the whole game basically. Because now, I mean, how can you focus on a new relationship when this guy that you're literally still in love with just walks right back into your life? And then – says oh i wish this happened a year ago like i wish i could be with you essentially it's wild so i think we're going to take a pause here because we don't want this to be like so long but we're going to take a pause here and we will discuss the rest of the book in our next episode if it is not up right this second it may be up within the next day or so because it takes us a little time to edit it well takes me a little time to edit it and um yeah we'll see you then